It's the dictionary. Hi, word nerds. This is Take Two. Welcome to the dictionary. Uh, I am recording this on November 9th. Uh, it's about 6:30 a.m. Uh, I got, I got, I'm getting an early start because I got to go do some work stuff. Uh, so uh, please, please, if you are enjoying this show on the podcast platforms or YouTube, go ahead and write a review. Apple Podcasts, other places, I think, accept all the stars and the reviews. Uh, and of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, give it the thumbs up. Yay. And also the shares and the subscribes and all those things. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, of course, you can. Uh, the review is great. Uh, that's not really a good place to get in contact with me. You can leave a comment on YouTube. You can email me, dictionarypod at gmail.com. You can find me on social media and uh, write, uh, write um, you know, a comment or a DM at DictionaryPod on Instagram and X, Twitter, and Threads, and Facebook is just The Dictionary. You'll find it. I got faith in you. Um, if you want to join the Patreon, I'm, I'm trying to keep this just to $1 a month. Um, that gets you early episodes, audio, and video. If there are exclusives, which there are a few older ones, uh, you will get those, and nobody else will get those, and it will only cost you one little U.S. dollar a month. And if you love this show so much and you want to buy something, some sort of physical product that you will never, never throw out, you can buy some merchandise at the Tee Public link in the show notes. Uh, and if you want to leave a voicemail, which is something that I will put in an episode, you can call the Google Voice number, which is also in the show notes, 917-727-5757. Um, is that everything? Is that everything? I think so. That's fine. Let's now go into the words. The first word is enjoy. Enjoy this show that I am going to provide to you. This is a verb from the 15th century, starting with intransitive. There's just one. To have a good time. That's very subjective. What is a good time? Well, you know what? It's not subjective because if you're having a good time, you are enjoying that time. I very much hope that you are having a good time consuming this show. Transitive. So enjoy. If you're enjoying a thing, you're having a good time. You are you are the one doing the action. Um, it's, it's happening to yourself. That's why it's intransitive. And that's why, uh, because it's probably the most common way this verb is used, that's why they put it first. But what is the, what is the transitive? We got two of those. Number one, to have for one's use, benefit, or lot. And the uh, synonym is experience, as in enjoyed great success. I am not enjoying great success because then there comes great responsibility. No, that's not the phrase. Um, so what is it? To have for one's use, benefit, or lot. Um, experience great success. So it's not, it's not necessarily about having a good time, um, although it could be. You could, you could be enjoying uh, great failure. Technically, you could be experiencing great failure. 
because uh, you have it for your use, your benefit, your lot. But benefit, that one seems more of a positive thing. So maybe great failure wouldn't fit in there. Hmm. This one is, it's it's not worded weird. I just feel like the it's a weird way to describe this way to use this word. Um, or a lot to, you, you have for your use. You, you have this thing and you're using it. Something. Number two, to take pleasure or satisfaction in. Um, I am enjoying, I'm enjoying the fact that you are enjoying the show. I'm taking pleasure in that. Um, yeah, those are a little bit weird. I don't think we use those quite as often as the intransitive, obviously. Um, but, uh, but yes, enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoyable is an adjective. Enjoyableness, uh, or enjoyably, no, sorry. Enjoyableness is a noun. Enjoyably is an adverb. How are you doing something enjoyably? If you are just enjoy, I don't know. Enjoyer is a noun. And, oh, we have a phrase. Enjoy oneself. Um, And that is to have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time in the rest of this episode. I will try to make this an enjoyable experience. Uh, The etymology says this is from Anglo-French, enjoyer, which means to gladden or enjoy. And that is from N plus, would they pronounce it joie, J-O-I-E, which means joy. It's all about joy. And I don't think I literally ever thought about the etymology for this one. Enjoy. You're bringing it into yourself. The joy is going into you. And so I'm going to send the joy to you, and you are going to take the joy from me. That's okay. I got plenty of it to spare. Okay, what's going to be the sound effect? It's going to be... <sighs> That's just an excuse for me to take a second and breathe. Well, at least breathe out. I have to breathe in to breathe out. Enjoyment is next. Noun from 1553, 1A. The action or state of enjoying. If you're enjoying something right now, this very second, you're listening to this show, you're watching this show, you're looking at this beautiful face, you are in a state of enjoyment. I guarantee it. Nope. 1B. Possession and use, as in the enjoyment of civic rights. We all would like to enjoy civic rights, uh, and so we can use them and possess them, and then we have enjoyment of civic rights. What are the civic rights? Uh, I don't know. Any you all you all have rights, and I hope you get to use them. Two, something that gives keen satisfaction. Something that gives keen satisfaction, as in, the poorest life has its enjoyments and pleasures. The poorest life. Well, they do say that people who are quote-unquote poorer have less money, have less things, uh, they tend to be happier. All over the world, you look at the people all over the world, they tend to be happier because they know that life doesn't come from money and things. Wait, what did I just say? Happiness doesn't come from money and things. Happiness comes from just being satisfied with your situation and your maybe family and your friends and what you're doing. That's what it is. 
Uh, and so you don't need things and stuff and monies to to have happiness. Um, now it can it can temporarily bring some fun and enjoyment, uh, but it's not a it's not a long term solution. I don't think. So something that gives keen satisfaction, enjoyment. It's giving me satisfaction, but it's keen. It's that satisfaction is so keen. I don't know why we use keen there, but I like it. <sighs> Next is enkephalin, or enkephalin, and that's that's good. E n k e p h a l i n, enkephalin. Noun from seven. No, 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 no. Nineteen seventy-five. Either of two pentapeptides with opiate and analgesic activity that occur naturally, especially in the brain, and have a market, marked affinity for opiate receptors. And it says compared to endorphin. So we read about endorphin a while back. Um, and so this would be probably the opposite of that. Uh, endorphins, yeah, you're doing a thing. It's you're running, you're doing, a, you're eating some food, you're having some sex, you're doing some fun activity. These are the. This is what my arms are doing when I'm doing a fun activity, uh, and you get the endorphins. The endorphins are going. They make you feel good. So what is the enkephalin? Uh, maybe it's so it's either of two pentapeptides. So I guess there's two pentapeptides that are enkephalins with opiate and analgesic activity that occur naturally, especially in the brain, and have a marked affinity for opiate receptors. Now, is endorphin the other one of these two? Is enkephalin similar to endorphin? Maybe we need to put a link in the show notes for enkephalin, uh, because maybe these are the two that uh, are making you feel good. The, the, the opiate receptors, when those get, uh, when those, those receive something, uh, they, you make you feel good. They make you feel good. I don't know. I don't know in Keflin. I've never heard of it before. Maybe we just need to do a, a quick little a quick little search. Um let's see, is there anything that is going to give me Oh yes. Uh, they are peptides related to the endorphins with similar physiological effects. So yeah, I think it's all about feeling good. Feeling good, enjoying life. Encephalin, endorphin. <sighs> the next word is enkindle. This is a verb from 1542, starting with transitive one, to set on fire. And the example of the thing that you are setting on fire is fuel. Maybe fuel from a car, fuel for a fire, fuel for just any sort of fuel, which is something that is meant to be set on fire to make a thing happen. Uh, enkindle. I think we can probably see where this uh, word comes from. Number two, to make bright and glowing. Similar, you know, fire, flame. You're, so you're not literally setting it on fire. <laughs> but when you set something on fire, you're making it bright and glowing. And so anything else that's bright and glowing, you're kindling it. Intransitive is to take fire. To take fire. The synonym is flame. So that, that would be the, the verb form of flame, to flame a thing. You're taking fire. 
I don't really understand how you can take fire. It's not like you can put your hand in a fire and grab it. Please, don't do this. This is my disclaimer. Don't put your hand in the fire. Don't put any part of your body in the fire. Don't put a lot of things in the fire. You can't just take fire. So what does this mean? To take fire is in Kindle? I don't know what that means. Maybe you got a stick. You could put a stick in the fire and light the end of the stick on fire, and then you could take it. You could walk around with it. Don't touch it on other things. Don't don't stab it at people. Don't don't threaten that. Don't put it on other dry stuff. Don't be setting fires. But maybe you gotta get you gotta light a candle over there, or you gotta set another fire. Then you could walk do 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 do. do. I'm just walking with my fire. I'm taking my fire. I'm going to enkindle this other thing. I don't know if that's correct, but it's something. And you got to put the kindling together to make a fire. That's why it's in Kindle. <sighs> Next is E-N-L, abbreviation for one, enlarged, or two, enlisted. And yes, we are now in the, the beginning of the E-N-L section, which is going to go a little bit in tomorrow's episode. <sighs> In lace. This is a transitive verb from the 14th century. One synonyms are encircle and enfold. We had a lot of words earlier in the en section that are all about something going on the inside of something else. Um, so encircle and enfold are two of those different ways to put something around something else. And so in lace is another one. This one feels like it has a bit more of a specific connotation, though. Um, maybe like this next one, number two. The synonyms are entwine, which looks like entwine. So that's the, the wine that the Ents make in Lord of the Rings. The Ents are those big tree-like characters, and so they make wine. So that's Entwine. Didn't ever hear about Entwine, but now I want to know what's Entwine. What are they? Are they stomping on grapes? They could stomp on a whole whole thing of grapes all in one squish. Um, what is Entwine? That's fascinating. That's not, that's not what it is. It's Entwine. And the next synonym is interlace. So interlacing my fingers right now, which you can see on YouTube with my kind of dry fingers right now. Enlace, entwine, put, uh, interlace, putting some, something together. Um, and that's, I get, you know, I don't think we really use this word. I don't think I've ever used enlace. I've used entwine and interlace and maybe not so much enfold or encircle. Um but I, you can use it. You can use this if you like. Um, and yes, oh, okay. So the um, this does come from N plus uh, loss. Maybe this is Anglo-French loss, which means lace. That's pretty clear. But it's also, when you put those two words together, uh, it's the Anglo-French enlacer, which means to ensnare. And I think of ensnare like you're uh, trapping an animal. Um, that doesn't feel like enlace to me. I feel like if you're going to enlace an animal, you're going to cover it in doilies, which would be very cute, unless it's dead. That That's maybe not as cute. But, you know, just a sleeping, a sleeping cat, and you got some doilies, you can enlace your cat in doilies. Okay, moving on. 
<sighs> Next is enlacement. Noun from 1830. One, the process or result of interlacing. So after you have interlaced your fingers together, you are in a state, a process or result uh, of that thing, and you are in enlacement. Your fingers, I guess, would be in enlacement. Two, a pattern of interlacing elements. Ooh, so you got a lot of elements. Ooh, maybe um, uh, M.C. Escher made all those really cool things that it would like start... The, well, okay, he did a few of them, but there was the one style in particular where there would be like a fish and a bird and a fish and a bird, and they all fit perfectly together. They were all interlaced very nicely together. So they were in enlacement. Um, maybe I'll put a, a picture of one of those on social media to to show this pattern of interlacing elements. But he also did some cool ones, at least one where it started off like that, where they were all interlaced, and then it it morphed, it evolved into a new pattern, and then a new pattern, and then a new pattern, and then a new pattern. And it's so cool. I like it so much. I like it. Moving on. <sighs> Enlarge. Verb from the 14th century. Uh, the only way that this podcast is going to be enlarged is if you tell people about it and you share it around the world. Number one, this is a transitive time. One, to make larger. And the synonym is extend, as in enlarged the family fortune with new investments. Well, good for you. I hope that brings you some enjoyment, at least temporarily, until you feel like you need to enlarge the family fortune again. Two, to give greater scope to, the synonym is expand. We are expanding the scope of a thing, so we are enlarging it, as in, education may enlarge one's view of the world. Education, let's repeat that because it's important. Education may enlarge one's view of the world. Maybe if you're not as educated, um, you don't know enough. You don't, not enough, that's not the right word there. You don't know as much about the world until you are educated, until you are learned some stuff, and then you know more about the world. And so that's why I'm doing this, because I'm learning about the world. Uh, that's also why I like to travel when I can, because then I get to learn about those cultures and those areas and be respectful. Uh, so, yes, I, I very much like to enlarge. Now, granted, you know, you could be in a situation if you're a young person in school, you're you're stuck with whatever education they're going to give you. Um, but, you know, for me, I was like, ah, eh, school, whatever. I think I got a pretty good education, or at least they tried to give me a good education. I was lucky in that way. But as I got older... That's when I was like, well, wait, maybe I want to learn more about these things. And uh, I want to enlarge my view of the world. Let's, let's do that. Listen to this show. Watch this show so you can also be enlarged. Okay, number three is to set free. And the example of who or what is being set free is a captive. So that is, you can say the word enlarge there. I am setting you free, Kakapu. Uh, you have been enlarged. Your world, I kept you in a small little world, and now you can go see the rest of the world. Your, your world is getting enlarged. 
you little captive. Hmm. Okay, intransitive number one, to grow larger. So when you are conceived, those the first little cells, they're very, very tiny. And then they're basically just one cell. And then as you grow, you, you age, you get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until, give or take, maybe uh, 18 years old uh, as a human, uh, a typical sort of average human, uh, you will enlarge for 18 years plus, I guess, the nine months or so when you're in the uterus and... Uh, and that's that's you have enlarged that whole time, and then and then you maybe stop enlarging, and then maybe you start to shrink as you get older. Gravity sets in, and you you start to get a little smaller. I think that's happening to me. Uh, number two, to speak or write at length. Uh, the synonym is elaborate, as in let me enlarge upon that point. You know, that thing, that's what I do here. I, I read a definition, and then I'm like, you know what? I got to enlarge it. I got to extend, elaborate on it, expand for whatever reason. Do I need to? Oftentimes, no. Are you a smart enough person to know what I'm talking about? Yes. But I just like to, and I want to. And sometimes, I need to, just so I can understand it. And I think we need some more songs, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, a synonym for enlarge is the word increase, enlargeable is an adjective, and enlarger is a noun. Uh, in photography, with film, there is a piece of equipment uh, called an enlarger. I think that's what it's called. And I think it makes the, makes the things bigger. You put the negative in the thing, and then it expands it out, and it puts it on a piece of paper, and you, you put it in the chemicals, and then you got a picture. Easy peasy. The synon... No. The etymology, uh, this is from Anglo-French, enlarger, which is from N plus large, which means broad or large. That was an easy one for us. So we're going to move on to... <sighs> Enlargement. Noun from 1540. One, an act or instance of enlarging. Also, the state of being enlarged. Oh, I'm growing. I'm in a state of being enlarged, so I'm in enlargement. Wah! Wah! I feel like my belly is in a state of enlargement. I feel like it's getting bigger, so I'm trying to exercise more and maybe cut down on my calories. Let's see. Number two for enlargement. Here we go. Uh, this is a photographic print larger than the negative that is made by projecting the negative image through a lens onto a photographic printing surface. Yes, that is the process. So the negatives, I mean, most negatives in, in most cameras people had were maybe about, my fingers don't work the right way, 35 millimeters, they're, you know, they're, they're this, this size-ish. Uh, but some are big. I have a coworker who has, um, I think he said it's a four by five negative, which is maybe like that. And you finger to finger to finger to finger. I don't know if you can see the half rectangle I'm making, uh, but that's pretty big uh, for most cameras. But, you know, you don't want a picture necessarily that size. You want a picture big. So then you put it, like I said, in the enlarger. There's a lens. It's going to 
stretch it out. It's gonna you put a light behind it and you put it onto a photographic. What did they say specifically? A photographic printing surface. It's a specific type of paper, and then some magic happens. Enlargement. That's it for that one. <sighs> Enlighten. Let's let's talk about this. We got a couple, uh, a few enlightened words. Uh, this one is a transitive verb from 1587. One is archaic, and the synonym is illuminate, which makes sense because the word light is in enlighten. So yes, illuminate, make something bright. Um, the light switch is too far away, but if I turned it off and then turned it back on, I'd be enlightening the room. But that's archaic, so let's let's scrap that. Uh, number 2A is to furnish knowledge to. Hoo-hoo. To furnish knowledge to. The synonym is instruct. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm enlightening information, knowledge to you. I don't know if you're paying attention. I don't know if you're retaining any of this, but this is what I'm doing. I'm enlightening you on what the word enlighten means. Um, there is an example, enlightened us about the problem. They knew about the problem, but we did not know about the problem. So we need to be enlightened about that. We need to learn about it. To be, to give spiritual insight to. So it not it doesn't have to be just about you know factual information that we know in this 3D world. This could be spiritual insight. Oh, what's what's some good spiritual insight that Spencer has? Does he have any? I don't know. He thinks he does, but who knows? Um, well, I guess one of the good ones is there's a couple. I mean, I've learned a few things in my 40 plus years here on earth. Uh, a good short phrase that you can remind yourself of all the time is be here now. I think that's a pretty good. Sp now, what is spiritual to you? I don't know. I'm just making assumptions, but we get hung up on uh, what's going on in our lives and our world in the future and planning for things and all that stuff. But no, sometimes you just need to stop and you just need to be here now. Be in the moment. That's another way to say it. Be in the moment. Focus on what you're doing right now. Right now, what I'm focusing on is talking in this microphone, enlightening you on things, talking into that camera right there. And, uh, and then later, I'll be focused on something else. So be here now is a good one. And another sort of just good idea that just I sort of think about is fear and love. Everything is fear and love. Um, it's if you, if you focus on what if you're feeling good or feeling bad about something, whatever those are, you, you take those down to why do you feel that way? Okay, well, then why do you feel that way? You take it down all the way. It always comes back to love or fear, fear or love. Which one is it? Are you loving, happy about a thing, uh, compassion, empathy, sympathy, or are you afraid of something? What are you afraid of? And then think about, like, why Why am I feeling afraid of that thing? What? What? What is the possible bad situation that could come from that? And can I swap? Can I move from fear to love? Can I change my viewpoint change my mind on something. I don't know. Did that enlighten you about anything? Probably not. Be here now. <sighs> Let's just be here in the moment. That was good.
The next word is enlightened. Adjective from 1652. One. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Freed from ignorance and misinformation. Freed from ignorance and misinformation. I have no misinformation. I have no ignorance. Hmm, this is interesting. As in a couple examples. An enlightened people. Uh, so this, these are people who are, uh, they're not, I guess they're, maybe they're not captives. Um, maybe they, uh, they know about the world. They, they are not being given misinformation, false information, fake information. Um, so they're enlightened. Also, an enlightened time. So that would be a period of time where people, people knew all the stuff. Have we ever had an enlightened time? Are we in an enlightened time? Are we going to have more enlightened times? Um, and that's probably not something that you can talk about uh, worldwide. It's maybe specific groups of people have enlightened times. And I think we need we need more. We need more people who know about uh, who know about things, who are not ignorant about things, who are um, who don't have misinformation. That's a that's a big one. Ignorance. I don't know. It's like you can't know what you don't know you don't you just sometimes you just don't know stuff i'm ignorant about stuff everybody's ignorant about certain things and that's why we like to enlarge our viewpoint our education so we can know more things and be less ignorant it's an it's an ongoing goal you're never gonna you're never gonna know everything and that's okay as long as you're trying i think that's what i think that's just me um but misinformation that's a that's a biggie Two, for enlightened, based on full comprehension of the problems involved, as in issued an enlightened ruling, uh, issued an enlightened ruling because they had they knew everything, they had full comprehension of the situation, they knew it all, they were not ignorant, they had all the facts, they didn't have any misinformation, so they were enlightened to the situation. Um, and maybe, maybe by the time this podcast, this show is over, um, I will have read the whole book in over many, many years, the longest I've ever read a book, and then I will be enlightened to everything. And that's so not true. Okay. <sighs> Here we go with enlightenment. I wish we could... I wish I could eat a mint, and then I will have enlightenment. Noun from 1654. Now, the idea of enlightenment has been around a lot longer than that, but I guess putting it into this word, this English word, uh, was around the 1650s. One, the act or means of enlightening, also the state of being enlightened. We think of this as being knowing all, knowing everything, um, being at peace, um, how, how, knowing everything the, from the spiritual side. How can you know that? Um, but also, like, just, just knowing a little thing, like just a tiny little microcosm of a situation, you could have enlightenment about that little specific thing. Uh, okay, number two... This, this one is uh, capitalized. Uh, it's, a, it's a big one. What does it say? 
It says, it is a philosophic movement of the 18th century marked by a rejection of traditional social, religious, and political ideas and an emphasis on rationalism. Uh, this one you is used with the word the, the or the Enlightenment. So this was in the 18th century in the 1700s. Um, it was a philosophical movement during that time um, where they rejected uh, the traditional social, religious, and political ideas. So whatever was uh, traditional, typical at that time, social ideas, religious ideas, political ideas, they said, no, 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 no. We don't want those things. Um, we want to emphasize things on rationalism. We want to be rational because maybe some of those ideas, social, religious, political ideas, maybe they weren't rational. Maybe they were irrational or maybe they became irrational over time and you have to evolve with the time. That's another good spiritual enlightenment, enlightened situation I could give you. Everything is changing and evolving. You can't, you can't get stuck in your ways uh, because, because things are all uh, constantly changing and evolving. Uh, I, I don't like this idea of, of let's, let's bring things back to the old ways. No, the old ways were the old ways. We're in the now ways. You can't have it the old ways. We can evolve. We can maybe bring some of those aspects back if we like them, but we are in a new situation, and you can't, you can't stop that. You can't change that. Oh, the Enlightenment from the 18th century. That's what that was. Here we go with the number three one, which is all about Buddhism. It's from Buddhism. A final blessed state marked by the absence of desire or suffering. So in Buddhism, if you have completely removed all desire and suffering from your life, then you have reached enlightenment. And I'm sure it's a lot more nuanced than that. I'm sure there's a lot more involved. Um, but yes, that's the whole sort of idea is that I don't have a desire for anything like, you know, food, that's a whole different thing. You are required, your body is required to eat food and water to survive. But, you know, that's a that's like a scientific thing. But this is more of like the emotional, the spiritual, the mental, what do you want? What do you want? I want this comes back to money. That's what I think comes back to money. Um, I want the money. I want the things. Well, that's not necessarily going to bring you happiness. Maybe if you are not... See, that's the thing. If you are desiring a thing, then that's the idea of, I don't have enough, so I want that thing. I want that thing because it's going to fill a hole in my heart, but you don't have a hole in your heart. That's what I think we forget or we don't realize is that you are whole, you are good, but you want a thing. And so when you can remove this idea of, oh, no, wait, see, it's, your, your, it's the realization that I am good, I am whole, I am perfect, I am great, then I don't want to desire those things anymore. And where's how does the suffering come into this? Well, if it's like, oh, well, if I, if I desire a thing and if I don't have it, I'm sad, I'm suffering... That's one way to look at suffering. I'm sure there's other ones. You could go check out Buddhism for more ways, um, more ways to suffer. Maybe they talk about that, probably. 
So if you are in that state of, I don't need anything, I don't want anything, I'm good, I'm set, it's all good in the hood, then I have reached enlightenment. Or you. We're talking about you, not me. We're talking about you. Um, yeah, I don't think I have reached this. There are still things that I want. And I am very conscious of this. I know it. But right now, I just want, I just want some stuff. Now, I'm not like some people. That's for dang sure. But, uh, but you, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I want to watch movies. I want some, some, some toys, some things. I don't know. I'm working on it, I guess. We're all working on it. Uh, okay, let's just get through the rest of this. We only got a couple more words. I talked a lot. It's a long one. <sighs> Enlist. This is a verb. A transit. A, it's a verb from 1599, starting with transitive. 1A. To secure the support and aid of. Also, employ in advancing an interest. As in, enlist all the available resources, gathering, in them, gathering them up, uh, securing their support. Um, and so then we will use them to advance an interest. What are we interested in? Let's, let's enlist these things and do that thing. Um, oh, also, enlisted our help. We got enlisted because they needed our help. I need to move a, a heavy bed. I'm going to enlist your help. 1B, to win over, the synonym is attract, as in, trying to enlist my sympathies. You're trying to get my sympathies, but I don't feel so bad for you right now. Mm, it depends on what you did. Number two, to engage for duty in the armed forces, and you're probably talking about a person. Enlist them into the armed forces. So intransitive number one, to enroll oneself in the armed forces, as in will enlist for three years. So this is when you are, you are doing the action on your own. You're not being drafted. You are consciously enlisting. Two, to participate heartily, as in a cause, drive, or crusade. You're doing one of those things and you are doing it with all your might. You've enlisted yourself. Enlistee is a noun, and enlistment is also a noun. Next word, last word. <sighs> enlisted. E-N-L-I-S-T-E-D. Adjective from the 1724 of relating to or constituting the part of a military or naval force below commissioned or warrant officers. Officers. Uh, okay, that was great. Let's finish up this long episode. We had today, enjoy, enjoyment, enkephalin, enkindle, enl, enlace, enlacement, enlarge, enlargement, enlighten, enlightened, enlightenment, enlist, and enlisted. Um, what do I want to pick? Um, I mean, ooh, do, 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 do. I'm going to pick enjoyment as the word of the episode. Um, you know, enlightenment and those, all those words were great. And I love that idea of, I, are we all trying to reach enlightenment? Is it selfish to, for one to think that they have reached enlightenment? I don't know. That seems like an odd thing. I don't think we get there until we're dead. Uh, but in the meantime, 
I would like to enjoy life. I think that's part of reaching enlightenment is just realizing that you can enjoy the situation as much as possible. Um, even if you think it's a stupid, bad situation, you can you can find the silver lining and enjoyment. J- enjoy it with some enjoyment. Enjoy life with enjoyment. It's not a commercial for a thing that you can buy. No, you have it already. Enjoyment. Yay! Uh, okay, just real fast, I'll mention a movie. Uh, 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. Uh, this is the sequel. This is the animated sequel to the animated movie. And um, it's just a cute, fun movie. Uh, I think it's from the 90s or 2000 or something. And um, yeah, it's just a fun kids movie with some cute dogs going around London. And then there's a, a TV dog. I think he's American. All right, that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching and stuff. And you can email me and call my Google Voice and all those things. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.